Okay, so this is episode one, Silver Sisters, live. We're live and recording. I'm Elizabeth Pudwell. I'm MG. So what we want to do is we're like two sober savvy women and we want to provide you our outlook and our experience, strength and hope in, in sober, like out in the world. It's so easy to be sober in a meeting, sitting across from your sponsor, but uh, it could be a little bit more challenging taking that to work or in your relationship and your kids and your friends. Right. Right. Especially on the freeway. <laughs> we live in Houston, so that's why we have to say on the freeway. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do is in doing this podcast and, you know, a video out there to the world is to help those people that might be in remote places where they might not be able to go to a meeting and, you know, to hear someone, you know, that I've got double digit sobriety. In fact, uh, March 3rd, I had 28 years. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. And I was sick, so I didn't go to a meeting, and I just felt super sorry for myself. So <laughs> that's something that, you know, I mean, I've got 28 years of sobriety, and I have days where I feel sorry for myself. And so, you know, uh, I'm certainly not going to go have a drink about it or go, you know, have sex about it or, you know, uh, eat too much about it, I might eat a little bit about it, you know, that's my final frontier, so, um, you know, that's some of the reasons why we want to do this podcast, is to have a larger outreach, and uh, and I feel like uh, Elizabeth and I have, because we do have, you know, a lot of long-term sobriety and multiple programs, that we can speak to people, or speak, you know, to issues that, you know, other people, um, you know, might not be able to hear, if they go to like one meeting that's, you know, maybe just specifically for drinking or one meeting that's specifically for living with someone who's always drinking, you know, that we come from like a, a lot of those things. And so, and you never hear, you know, they don't bring everything in one place. They don't bring sex and love addiction. They don't bring Al-Anon. They don't bring overeaters, debtors. Um, we, you know, between the two of us, we have experience with all of those. And so, you know, what that's what we want to do is to bring our experience, our sobriety in multiple programs, you know, to you, the, the listener. Right, right. So, uh, let's talk, you know, we were talking about like different subjects that we wanted to talk about. And one of the things that's happened in our community was um, someone killed themselves. And this was someone that worked a program around uh, sex and love addiction. And I didn't know this woman. You know, she came in after I'd left Houston for a while. But she was connected and hooked up with another sex and love addict. Right. So they were both, you know, the whole thing just started amid messiness and chaos. And I, you know, I'm not judging. I'm just saying, the, the, because there, but for the grace of God, go I. I mean, yeah. This is what sobriety, this is what the addicts do. This is what right. sobriety is for, Right. is to right. guard, right. you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, like, and, and I just want to, like, detour just a little bit here, but, but the norm is when people don't get sober. That's, you know, um, the case. And I think that that's what happened with this woman. And, and for me, in long-term sobriety, you know, I never think about, like, acting out in my sex and love addiction or drinking. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you know, in my bad places, I thought about the suicide. And so I believe that, you know, for me, I've had the, 
really stay plugged in and stay in the center of my program because, you know, I won't drink, but I will have that romantic thought about, you know, this shit myself. is serious. It's you serious. Know? And that's, that's, you know, there as many times we go to meetings and there's laughter and there's camaraderie and, and we laugh and, and enjoy each other and joke. But, you know, this, this shit is serious. And SLAA, sex and love addiction, it may not seem as serious as Narconon or um, Alcoholics Anonymous, but it is. And, um... I, you know, there's, there's some, there's some, you know, wild stories. I don't know if you ever heard the story about the woman in Bakersfield, a doctor, a doctor. She could not, she'd been trying to reach her. No, she was not a doctor. Her boyfriend was a doctor and she couldn't reach him. So she goes over to his house, knocking, no answer. What does this woman do? Climbs up on the roof, goes down the, the chimney. chimney, gets stuck and dies, gets stuck in the chimney that she's in there for a few days before anybody finds her. And the housekeeper found her because she smelled and there was stuff dripping out of the chimney. And they look up there to see what it is. And there's her rotten mug. And then the other woman that, uh, that, and that was here. Oh, the uh, astronaut. The diaper. Yes. The <laughs> so this woman, she's an astronaut. She's, like you would think, like someone who's very, you know, like smart and like hardworking and educated. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, there's a there's a huge amount of education, that, and she puts on a depend so she can drive to Florida to go kill or maim or whatever she was going to do. What about uh, Clara Harris? Oh yeah, the dentist. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. With her, drove over, <laughs> drove over him. It's her man she loves, you know? So this woman, Clara Harris, was a dentist, and she's got her step, is it her stepdaughter, in the car with her. So the man, the, the, the this kid's father, and she's like stalking him in the Hilton over in Clear Lake. She knew he was cheating on her. And he was in the Hilton with whoever, and comes out, and she, <laughs> and runs him over and kills him. Yeah. With, with with his, his daughter in the car with her. Right. right. And so she's in some, I don't know, local jail or prison or something. Right. But right. so, uh, you know, I mean, then those are, those are, you know, popular news media stories. But we, you know, we have our stuff right here. Somebody right. just killed themselves. Right. Right, you know? right, 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 right. There is rape. There is, I, I was raped by my qualifier. Um, there's, uh, you know, violence. Well, I remember one of the first meetings that I ever went to, and there was someone that was in there who's, you know, you know who she is. She's like, you know, one of our um, oldest and dearest members. And she, I remember her saying that this program is homicidal and suicidal. And I was very much at my bottom, or, you know, my next to my last bottom, let me say. And, uh, and that really struck me. And in that meeting, like, I, I guess I'd probably been in the meeting for about two years, there was a woman named Jan, and uh, and I can talk about her, I guess, because she's because you know, she's, she's deceased. She's deceased, and you know her with her husband upstairs in the house, fully aware. She would like you know make these hookups, and these men would come over in their basement, and they would have their you know sexual intrigues, and um, you know he, he knew that what was going on, and. 
she developed breast cancer and her breasts were so important to her that when they recommended that she have a double mastectomy, she said no. And in fact, if I'm going to die, then I'm going to go back out. And so she went back out and um, she was dead within six months. And this was someone that, you know, we saw and we loved and we encouraged. Part of our community. Part of our someone community. Someone we hung out with. Yeah. So it really kind of hit home for me. And I knew that, you know, I had to get sober because this guy who, you know, the last guy that I was with, I was so wrapped up in him. And he was a player. And I knew that, you know, of course, that's who we select. But I knew that when I was like shopping online for tracking devices that I could put in his car <laughs> to find out who else he was screwing around with. So you, you know, know, watch him. So I could watch him, you know. And like, what was I going to do with that information? Like, confront Catch him? him? Yeah. And say, were you over so and so's house? He's like, yeah. Yeah. Like, what's the big deal? Like, that was me, you know. Right. I'm a stalker. Yeah, baby, you're a stalker. So, you know, I'm just, um, you know, this is a serious program and I, and, and, you know, and I, and I think that I'm in such a good mood about just my week and everything that it's hard for me to be super down and serious because, you know, I feel like today I'm happy, joyous and free. And, you know, as serious as these other things are, I feel like that's the mandate from, you know, 12 step programs and uh, to be happy, joyous and free. But at the same time, you know, talk about the seriousness of it. And then like, you know, what are the solutions? I mean, if that woman that, you know, recently what if she committed went to a suicide, meeting that day? What if she had gone to a meeting? That? Just go to a meeting. What if she had reached out to somebody? Okay, so what if she can't get to a meeting? What else can you do? There yeah. are on FWS SLAA, and I think that's the way it goes, dot org, but you can we'll just Google. We'll put the link down below. Yes, yes, we will. And you can register for women's meetings online. I don't know if they have men. I'm sh no, they do. They do. They have all kinds of um, telephone or meetings online. So being in a remote area and not being able to get to a meeting is not an excuse. You can get to a meeting. Right. Um, so yeah. that's, she could have done that. Right, right. One of the things that... What did I, you do? Like, what was, you know... Yeah, so uh, I used to go, and, and I still do, but not as frequently, uh, go to this church called Unity. And it's a, like, I would call it like a hippie new age Christian church. But they, you know, they believe in like all paths. And I was in such a bad place. And for me, like, my lowest moments would happen to me between midnight and 4 a.m., because that's when I was always trying to have the hookup with the guy. And I would always have my phone on so that, you know, at any moment when he wanted to give me a booty call, I would be available for him. And so I was really having bad insomnia. And I was like going through withdrawal, which was just so painful for me. And so Unity has this thing called Silent Unity. And Silent Unity is a prayer line that are staffed with volunteers that are it's 24 hours a day. And so on two different occasions during my withdrawal, so in probably like about a month, two-month period, I called them like 2 a.m. at night. And, oh, so there's someone there. There's someone there that's going to pick up prayer, the phone. Pray yeah. with you. And I call, and I'm like, um, and they were like, you know, silent unity. And I'm like, I really need you to pray for me. <laughs> 
And this, on one occasion was a woman, another occasion was a man, and they just did it. They just like jumped in and they just started praying for me and they prayed for the grace of God to be with me. I mean, for like 15 minutes. They just were, it, I don't know, their training, it was just amazing. And, and it just calmed me the F down, you know? And I was just like, oh my God, that's right, that's right. And for me, it's like, you know, all my 12-step programs, you know, have led me to have a relationship with my higher power now so that, you know, I never get in those jams like that. And I might have a thought, but I'm never going to, like, you know, act out on it. And, you know, they say in suicide, there's three phases, the ideation, the plan and the carry through. And in my life, I have been like, you know, halfway through the carry through. I have been there in my life. Um, but, you know, it's like I have so many resources and tools. So, you know, that's like one of the solutions is like reach out. And if you don't want to call someone in the middle of the night, you know, we'll also put their number down there. You know, call the people yeah, at Silent That's Unity. a really good, good idea. You know, because that was where I did. But, you know, it's like. I remember when I first got into, um, you know, the 12-step program for sex and love addiction, and uh, this is what you recommended to me, is that, you know, I call five women a day, and, you know, I tell that to my sponsees, and I say the reason that you do that, to call five women a day, is, you know, to get your network, and I took that list, you know, I took a picture, I didn't have a phone then, but, you know, now, just take a picture of the list if you go to the meeting, just take a picture of it. But, you know, I wrote it down, and I just, like, I didn't care who they were. I just, I called them. I used know, to just tear them. that thing off, stick it in my purse. <laughs> Take my list. That's <laughs> so what it's for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to look at it. Like, you know, just take years, the whole you know, thing. Just take it. And so, you know. But you, you, the, you need to do it before the crisis. Right. That's, you need to build the phone call list, the phone relationships, before the crisis. So right. when the crisis hits, you already, you know, they right, know the story, right. they know who you are, and they'll pick it up because they know your number. So. And they know you're in pain. And, you know, we've I've been there, and, and I, you know, extend myself to those women as well. So, you know, she could have called somebody. She could have even called her qualifier, the guy she was acting out with, but I don't even think she did that, you know? I well, mean, I, uh, I remember, you know, the... My bottom. You knew her. You knew her. No, no, no. I didn't know her. But you. I met her a couple of times. I knew who she was. Mm -hmm. So my the you know the day after, um, the day after the rape, um, that next day. So I got up and I showered and uh, first I went and ran and then I got home. So exercise, exercise for me really helps to get my heart rate up. You know, get the endorphins kicking in. That will help a lot. Um, and then I went to the meeting and I picked up a desire chip and then I came home and, um, he called and I remember, um, he said to me, he gave me some hope hook, like, well, maybe someday. And I went, maybe. And I remember like, as soon as I had that, I thought, this is how broken I am. Because I still had bruises all over my body, and I was still sore and hurting, and I'm thinking, me, Ugh. so what I did, and I'm always someone that like I wanna, I wanna start taking action. I wanna start like, you know, if my house is a mess, get up and start cleaning it. it makes me feel better. So I uh, started looking for, I started calling around, asked for a therapist. 
because it was a Saturday or a Sunday, um, I called somebody and asked them to be my sponsor. And I... Um, and did you know about the 12-step program for sexual I'd already been... Yeah, I'd already been going. Oh, really? Yeah. But oh. I needed to, like... Commit. I needed to, you know... Do start, the deal. Yeah. Start doing it. Mm -hmm. And I did. I started doing the deal right then. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. I got a sponsor, and then I got scheduled therapist and got on meds, and I did everything that I needed to do. Yeah. But were you suicidal? Mm-hmm. No, but I was, uh, you were hurting. I was, uh, the, the lure to go back to do it again was, <gasps> no, yeah. even after that horrible, even after, oh my God. And that's what stopped me because I, I was doing that to myself going, whoa, holy shit. Here you are all bruised. And then you're like, oh, maybe he'll love me. Hmm. Yeah. So, for me, that was, you know, that yeah. was really important. And, you know, I had to share what I was going through and be honest, authenticity, you know. Yeah. Well, to that unself be true. I mean, that's, that's part of the deal. That they say that people, even if you have, like, mental problems, if you have the capacity to be honest, you know, there's hope for you. So, um, And that's what the sponsor's for because you build the relationship and the, the by phone calls because those people... There's where, you know, you can't share everything in a meeting. Right. But you can share, you know, most of your stuff with somebody that you talk to. Right. And somebody, uh, you know, a sponsor or someone at a meeting or someone that you're talking to on the phone. Right. You can share those things with. Right. And um, I don't know why that works and why that keeps you from acting out or sliding back in. Well, I think that, you know, when I think about it, like intellectually, it's sort of like, I don't know if you watch this guy, and this is not to say that we are dogs, but this guy, you know, Caesar Milan, yeah, you know, talks whisper. about the dog whisperer, that when the dog is looking this way, he has this technique where he uses his he heel to, yeah. like, you know, touch him in, like, the back Just part. redirect him. Right, and that, like, changes the mental energy. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we are dogs, but I'm just saying is that, you know, for me to, to get out of my stinking thinking to redirect my mind, like, you know, like someone said, I'm either going away from a drink or to a drink. Yeah. So if I can redirect my behavior and my thoughts into, like, what's going to be the best thing for me, like, right in this moment. And I just feel like there's so many different, you know, solutions out there. On the other hand, you know, we have a dear friend um, that's in the program that, that knew someone who was severely and chronically depressed and could never get better. And he planned and was very thoughtful about his suicide. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of conflicted when it comes to, like, something like that because he let everybody know, hey, listen, I'm going to do this. But, um, you know, and, and but for me, I don't want to commit suicide. It would just, you know, just be a horrible thing for me. I wouldn't want you to commit suicide. It would, I don't want anybody to. It's just, it's so Because it's I can so understand, painful. like, how, where you have to be. You know, I'll tell you this story. I remember this was, I, I wasn't even uh, all the way through my, my court thing with the uh, rear-end in the 18-wheeler. Uh -huh. And I was at work, and I was, um, my, I was sitting at my desk, and my boss's TV was on. And there was a high-speed chase on. And uh, some guy had picked up a pickup truck, got 
got in the pickup truck and, and took off. It was He picked it up at a 7-Eleven or something like that and discovered there was a babysitter and two kids in the car once he took off. And he just kept going. And he the cops are chasing him and the babysitter and the two kids are in the car. And he's getting more and more bold. In and out, sliding up against the guardrail, hitting cars, and the cops are chasing him. And I remember sitting there watching this and thinking, you never know how far away you are from crazy. You know, because I could kind of see, like, I was on the edge, you know? Yeah. I wasn't... I didn't yeah. pick up, you know, steal a car, do a high speed, ch but I could feel that man's um, angst, you yeah, know, and I was desperation, yeah. and I, you don't know. Well, if I would have been under that guy's you car, you know, it's like putting up something as a tracking device, and what if you got in the <laughs> car and he backed up and I'm dead, you know? It's like, oh, I. That's like the, the chimney. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You just never know. Right. So you know. I think that one of the things we always want to focus on are like the solutions around it. Like not just focus on like, what's the problem? We all know what the problem is. It yeah. X, Y, or Z, but you know, the different solutions and the strategies. And, you know, I did a stint. I call it like a stint. I did a two year stint and, you know, um, a program around managing your money and like not debting and not overspending. And I learned tons of tools that I still implement today. And I don't do them daily like, you know, they do. But, you know, at least once a week, you know, I sit down, I get clear about my money. I get clear about where I am. I get clear about what's coming in, what's going out, um, you know. And uh, and I was recently sick and I bounced my rent check. And something like that hasn't happened, you know. Rut row. A rut row, <laughs> you know. And, and I found out it and I told my landlords, you know, because I was like, oh, my God. And so and it was, you know. It's just one of those things that happened, but the shame that like flooded into me and I like got on the phone and I was like, oh my God, I think that my rent check is bounced. And I like texted them and I was like, you know, please let me know. I'll bring you cash today. And they were like, well, hang on, let's wait to see if it does. Cause sometimes it goes back in again. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like, you know, <laughs> I was like, you know, and, and I was, because I've been shifting my money around cause I had two different bank accounts. And so I was like, you know, having all my bills come out of this one and I was going to shift it. But anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I got like super cuckoo crazy because, you know, through my tools that I learned in that, that program, I was like, you know, I felt like shame that I should have been on top of it. But the good news is today is that my solution, like what I need to do was to get into instant communication with my landlords to, you know, be willing to go to any lengths in order to let them know that, you know, I'm going to get my rent paid and I'm so sorry about this. And I paid the, the they had a fee that was like $25 a fee on their banks. So I paid them that in cash and, you know, and I was just so, so sorry. So, you know, I, I through 12 step programs, I've learned how to clean up my messes. Right. So much quicker today. And then just to give myself like, you know, you let myself off the hook about stuff. That, you know, even with my best of intentions, you know, life happens. I get the flu. I can't think clearly. I forget things. And, um, you know, and and it happens. And I don't and live my life that way, you know. We've listed a few, you know, solutions here. Meetings and yeah. calling someone, the prayer. Yeah. The prayer Sign line. The unity. And, um, you know, get... get Prayer. Get, get a Just get into prayer. Get, get, get on your knees. Get on your knees. Definitely. The um, 
the FWS website uh, where there's uh, a um, meetings, online meetings, there's phone meetings, there's solution, there's stuff you can read there, there's pamphlets you can read. Literature. Um, read the literature. Literature will help a yeah. lot to understand you're not alone. Um, if you are, if you are in, in engaged with a sponsor, you know, give your sponsor a call and what can I do? I feel desperate. Uh, service, service work, any kind so of service important. work will help. Right, right. And I mean, and even if it's in your community, if you don't have any 12-step recovery, you know, you can be of service to your church. You can be, you can find some place to, you know, do anything. It's not hard, you know, and if you have like firefighters that are down the street from you, you know, go and like, I don't know if you can like, if they'll take like homemade stuff any longer, but you know, take them some food, you know, or, or that's just you know, one a homeless, find somebody that's homeless and give them a couple of bucks. There's, there's things that you can do. There's things that you can do right now that will get you out of yourself. If, that, I think, more than anything else is, I remember, like, you know, thinking I was going to act out, and I was, what do I tell my sponsees to do? Help someone who needs it. Yeah. And yeah. I would just call someone. Um, and again, that's where the phone list comes in. Right. Don't just take phone numbers of people that you want Connect with or to like. seek yeah. help from, but take phone numbers of people that need help. If you see someone in a meeting that that's, that's crying thing. or that is, you know, in, right. in desperate situation that, you know. Yeah, reach out to them. Take that phone number. Yeah, say, hey, I just, I heard you in the meeting. How are you? And right. that will take you out of yourself like Amen. that. Amen. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that I've been, like, you know, having a bad day and feeling sorry for myself and then worked with a sponsee. And then, like, you know, I felt like a million bucks afterwards. Right, because it's like you know I've shifted my energy. I've been of service to another human being. Thankfully, you know I've opened myself to my higher power to come out and you know speak through me, speak through this vessel, and uh, you know and it's a great feeling. And I can shift my mood and go on about it. I and love you, your idea about working out too. That's amazing. Working out, uh, yes. Yeah. Any type of self care, a bath. Um, yeah. You know, there's a any type of self care that you can do will will help. Um, you know, something else I was going to say is, you know, I have a dog and she has saved me so many times. Take uh, your dog for a walk. Um, if you don't have a dog and you can't take your dog for a walk, go to a shelter and see if you can volunteer. Just even if you don't can't volunteer, just walk around and look at the dogs. It, that will take you out of yourself and it will bring you sure. some joy. A dog sure. park. Yeah. I love a dog park. Oh, my park. friend does it in New York all the time. He goes to the dog park. go sit park. at the dog park. Yeah. I'm always laughing or smiling at the dog park. Yeah, that's Because right. they are having so much fun. Well, they, well, he does that. And, and if he has a friend over and they're like walking around, he goes, hey, let's go to the dog park. And there's one like, you know, by Union Square they go into. So I am with giving you the, you know, try to find someone that needs something. You know, maybe you have an elderly neighbor that needs her bathroom cleaned. Or refrigerator cleaned out. Or maybe she needs something from the grocery store. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I used to tell um, my sponsees early in that were in withdrawal, go to the grocery store. Just um, not because you need groceries. Go and just buy the stuff that you need for cookies. Or something, that, a pie. Something you want to bake. Or something that you want to make. And just get that stuff and take your time. And like uh, that whole baking aisle, you know, you can just like, <laughs> you know that aisle 
that I like is the one with the capers and the olive salad <laughs> and pestas. Like those things, those little jars of yeah, mustards yeah, yeah. and that kind That's of like, stuff. That's like, what the hell is this yes. stuff? Yeah. Well, but you can get out of yourself right. just by doing, right. you know, it's like that same thing, that Caesar Milan thing, that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just shift it. Well, and uh, Jeannie P., who's like a, um, a big uh, old gangster over at Lambda Center here in Houston, you know, one of the things that she would tell her new sponsees and and uh, a program for you know alcoholics was uh, go clean your toilet. You're feeling bad about yourself. Go clean your toilet. Go clean out your car. Go fill your car up with gas. And like one queen was like, I only got five dollars in my name. I can't fill up my car. And she's like, well, you put you know, put go five dollars in your right or put a dollar. Go. It, it doesn't matter. You know, take right. an action. Right. You know, to go get your keys, walk out the door, get in your car, drive to the gas station, do that deal, and that can be just enough time to pull you out to to shift your energy from a desperate place to a less desperate place, which you can get further and further along. When I first got into treatment. Because that's really initially how I got sober um, from alcohol. They have you create a list of like the 10 things that you're going to do before you drink. So like, you know, and you can create that list for whatever it is that you don't want to do. And um, you, you can make a gratitude list. You can make a gratitude list. But on my list of 10 things to do, it was like eat a whole, a whole box of macaroni and cheese. They were like, okay, do yeah. it. You know, I mean, my, my food stuff now is I would not do that. Yeah, no, no. I would not do that. But, <laughs> no, no. But, you know. When but I maybe was, drink a bottle of water, you know. Right. But when I was 26 years old, I was like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. You know, take a bath, you know. Like, take a walk, you know. Right. Call, right, right, call right. a friend in recovery. Say, will you walk? There's a park here, Memorial Park, and it's a three mile. Meet me at Memorial and do the three miles, you know. Right. Yoga, take a yoga class, anything like that is self-care, and that will get you out of, right. it will it will get you out of it long enough to, you know, I just cannot, I cannot emphasize this enough as this is serious. I, um, you know, I look back on my experience and what I put myself through, and um, I don't ever want to go back there. I don't want anybody to experience that or to yeah. feel that. And I don't want you to feel that either, ever again. So I take it seriously, yeah. you know. And then I think the last thing that we want to talk about are stick with the winners. Yes. You know. If, if you've got friends in recovery <laughs> that are like, and continually find new friends. Right. <laughs> Go to a different meeting, you know. I remember I was like, you know, um, going to Al-Anon a lot. And there was this woman there that was always crying, always bitching, always complaining. And like, you know, for like a year. And I remember, like, you know, going away from that program and then coming back to it. And there she was, still doing the same thing. And I, I got, like, angry. I got angry at Al-Anon. I was like, this program isn't helping anybody. Look at her. And it's the opposite way around. She wasn't working her Al-Anon program. Because I have seen so many people... And there was a woman uh, in AA that I remember, like, she got into the program, like, when I did, like, around 1990. And she was uh, she was one of those angry, bitter, bitter people. And she didn't have a higher power. And um, I saw her in a meeting about five years ago. And I saw her, and I was like, oh, there she is. Cause she was big, and she was mean. And I was like, and she was, like, so gentle. And she talked, and, and the meeting was, like, you know, on the 11th step. And she started talking about it, and I was like, oh, my God. And it was like, you know, I hadn't seen her in a period of time. 
And I saw, and I knew that she was someone she that really worked her program. Yeah. Correct, correct. You know, we used to have this group of women that um, before the Thursday meeting and the th Sunday meeting, I think it was, um, we would meet at Lamad's. And I don't know if you were ever part of mm -mm, that. It was, and we would all go to Lamad's, and we, we, we didn't even have to check. You just knew at 4 o'clock they were going to be there, 5 o'clock they were going to be there. And it was like a meeting before the meeting, and it was so helpful. And it was also, all of those women were also at the meeting. Right. And they were working programs, and they had sponsors, and it was, those were the winners. Those were the people that I just went like, you know, and it felt good. It felt nurturing, and it felt like and I Those was, are the women that are still sober today, I might add. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. So we have given you some solutions, a little recap really quick. Yeah. yeah uh, meetings, there's online meetings. Unity um, prayer. You know, there's the unity prayer line, and I'm sure there's other prayer lines, mm -hmm. you know, for whatever faith that you, that you participate in that could, you know, help you through that. Um, you know, we didn't talk about working the steps. We can work, you can work the steps. You can do some written work. Yeah, you can do, like you said, phone meetings, regular meetings. Literature. Um, call someone. Right, call someone. Pray. Clean the pray, toilet. Clean the toilet. Eat some self care. And cheese. Get your heart rate up. Exercise. Yes. Yeah, plenty. You know, you can do uh you can do a yoga thing on your on your computer, you know. That's right, that's and, right. And enough to you know Where shift you your energy. Yeah. You can really get a good workout, dripping sweat. Take your um, dog for a walk. Take your dog for a walk, dog park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See yeah. if you can find something that'll make you laugh. Right. right. <laughs> I remember one day, so I this was a um uh, if you have a favorite movie, watch a favorite movie. I did this one day, I watched um Something's Gotta Give. Oh yeah, I love that. Six love times it. in a row. <laughs> I feel a little bit better. Let's watch it again. Yeah, and it for it, sure. it helped. Yeah, it helped. So if it takes that, do that. That's right. It's worth it. Rewind this and watch it again. That's right. <laughs> so I'm Elizabeth Pudwell. Thank you so much for tuning in to Sober Sisters. We are Sober Sisters. We okay. want to bring you some solution to a really serious disease. Thank you. Thanks Good for night. thanks for listening.